Welcome, friends. This is episode 78 of the Syracuse Sports Podcast. My name is Brent Dax. It is great to have you here, however you found us today. Maybe the link through on Syracuse.com, maybe on social media. Both great ways to find us, but here's the easiest way to keep up with the Syracuse Sports Podcast. Subscribe! Get on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Find the Syracuse Sports Podcast, hit that subscribe button, and that way you'll get a new Syracuse Sports Podcast on demand waiting for you whenever you want. Looking forward to chatting with our guest today, Syracuse women's basketball head coach, Quentin Hillsman. This may be the most anticipated women's basketball season at Syracuse, well, ever. Certainly the most anticipated in Coach Q's tenure. They're picked to finish third in the ACC. They're in several top 25 lists to start the season. Tiana Mankakaihia comes back. Kiara Lewis comes back. He's got several top-rated recruits. Coming in this season, Emily Angsler is supposed to take a big step forward. This could be a big year for Syracuse women's basketball, a team we need to pay just as much attention to as we usually do to Syracuse men's basketball. So we're looking forward to talking to Coach Q about all those things coming up. I did have a thought on the Syracuse men's basketball front, though, as we get ready for the upcoming season. It was a busy week. We finally got a look at the Syracuse basketball schedule, something that was a bit delayed, understandably, due to coronavirus. Syracuse was picked to finish sixth in the ACC. Ken Pomeroy, respected college basketball analyst, KenPom.com is a terrific uh, college basketball resource for those of you that don't use it, picked Syracuse to finish 29th in his preseason rankings. So maybe the hype's building a little bit on this men's team, but it was a look down the future that really caught my eye this week. In the world of recruiting, you win some and you lose some. That's the game. Syracuse got a big win and a big loss in recruiting this week. Or did they? The loss supposedly came from Dior Johnson, Syracuse basketball's top-rated recruit, had his commitment held since Carmelo Anthony. Whoa, that sounds big time, right? You can't lose a player like that. But the question is if Syracuse ever really had Dior Johnson. See, in 2022, the NBA's one-and-done rule will be gone, and prospects can jump right from high school to professional basketball, whatever that shall be, the G League, the NBA, or whatever their choice is. So there was doubts that Dior would ever arrive on the Syracuse campus to start with, given that maybe he's got the talent to be one of those players who can skip right to the pros. He's the number one rated point guard in the class of 2022. He's one of the top five, top 10 players, depending on which recruiting service you subscribe to in the entire class. So while he verbally committed to Syracuse and the Syracuse coaches had established a relationship with him since middle school, the clock was ticking on Dior Johnson doing exactly what he did this week since he verbally committed in February, and that was decommitting and reopening up his recruitment. Dior has jumped from different school to different school. There was always doubts that he would qualify academically at Syracuse. The last player that fit this description, highest rated recruit since Carmelo Anthony, was Darius Baisley, who never played in college to start with. He got a 
internship, air quotes, at New Balance. Got paid handsomely for that, then ended up in the pros and is currently a member of the Oklahoma City Thunder. So ultimately, he got what he wanted to play in the NBA. But as Jim Beheim said this week, Syracuse does not actively seek out players that don't want to play at college. You certainly want talented players. You certainly want players capable of going to the NBA. And there have been players that have done that at Syracuse. There was a string for seven straight years where Syracuse put in a player in the first round of the NBA draft. That only trailed Kentucky and Duke at the time. Elijah Hughes will get picked in the NBA draft next week. If that's late first round, early second round, we'll see about that. But the string of putting Syracuse players in the NBA in recent years, if it's Tyler Ennis, Tyler Lydon, Malachi Richardson, whatever names you want to mention, there's a track record there. Syracuse has never had an issue putting players in the league. So while it sounds like a big deal that Dior Johnson decommitted, I don't think Syracuse ever really had Dior Johnson in its grasp as much as maybe we wanted to believe. The win on the recruiting trail, Benny Williams, class of 2021, one of the top-rated players at his position, a top 25, 30 recruit next year, depending again on which recruiting service you put your faith into. And while he's not the highest-rated recruit since Carmelo Anthony, his game has been compared to Carmelo Anthony, a forward that can do it all, who can shoot, who can rebound, a good defender. He's getting bigger as we go here. He's a junior right now, so we won't see him until next year. But here's somebody who is six foot eight now, could be six nine by the time he arrives on campus, and could be an impact player right away. It's how the game has always gone for Jim Beheim. You win some, you lose some, you keep moving. Recruiting never stops in the world of college basketball, and this week was a prime example of that. There's a season to be played, it's right around the corner, and this current group of Syracuse players is getting ready for that, even through COVID-19. But as mentioned, There's a basketball team at Syracuse that's got higher expectations on it. That's the women's team. Let's talk with their head coach, Quentin Hillsman, joins us here on the Syracuse Sports Podcast. So, Coach, it's a season of great expectations here. Pick to finish third in the ACC, top 25 preseason ranking. How are you feeling with uh, the, the expectations coming into this upcoming season here? We feel good. Uh, we knew coming into the season we would have some expectations. We have a very good basketball team. We are, we, have, we brought in a lot of talent. We're returning a lot of talent. So we expected to be, you know, picked somewhere near the near the top of the conference. And we knew we had the um, talent and the ability um, to be there. You've got one of the most talented backcourts in the country coming in. Both Tiana and Kiara have been nominated for the individual awards that honor their respective positions. Tell me how you're you're dealing with the expectations of that backcourt. And, you know, it's a good problem to have, Coach. You, you've got sure. a, some really good guards that will be starting for you. We're going to talk about some other players that can come in for you off the bench as well. It's it's kind of a coach's dream, I guess, in your backcourt a little bit. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> you you want to have some options. You, you want to be able to be deep at every um, position, and we're very, very deep in that backcourt. Uh, Kiki and Tiana, I believe I, I really believe that they're the best backcourt in the country. You're talking about two players that should be first team all conference, that were first team all conference coming into a season that's it's kind of a little untraditional, but we have some experience in those positions. So I think when the teams that can kind of adjust quickly are going to have great seasons. And we have some veteran players that should allow us to adjust fairly quickly. Now they are both point guards by definition, but certainly 
can shift over to other positions. What, what's your plan there? Tiana running the point, Kiara running the two, maybe a little bit of both. What, what What's your initial thought on how that's going to go? Well, Kiki is pretty much an off guard. I mean, that, that, that transitioned to the, to the point guard last year out of necessity. So that was, that was, a, that was a great experience for her to be able to put the ball in her hands. The good thing about the way we can play now in transition is that either one of those guys can push it. And if you can hit ahead to Kiki or you can hit ahead to Tiana, you're talking about a player that going downhill at you that can get to the basket and score it at the rim or can shoot the three in transition. So that's going to be a tough combination to guard in the open floor. Coach, you've got a, a youngster and, and Priscilla Williams, one of many up-and-coming players you have that people are excited about that we'll discuss. How's she looking in practice so far, making the adjustment to the college game, and, and maybe what, what's your early expectation of what she can can contribute in what is an already very talented backcourt? She's doing well. Um, she, she's, she's, she's coming and adjusted well. Basketball is basketball on the, on the, on the offensive end. It's, it's the defensive end that they got to make, make the adjustments and learning system and learning scheme. And she's doing a good job of picking up, you know, college style, you know, basketball on the, on the, on the defensive end of the court. And you know, she's a talented player. I'd rather have the talent and try to teach it than not to have the talent and trying to figure out how they're going to get on the court at all. So she's going to, I think, I, I think the games are going to take care of, themselves once we start getting up and down the court against um, some live bodies and um and in different uniforms I, I think it'll be totally totally different for her and i expect her to make an immediate impact this year there's a, another a freshman she was named one of the newcomers to watch in the acc this week uh, camilla cardoso comes in as is one of the top players at at her position one of the top recruits in the country one of the highest ranked recruits that you've ever had at syracuse so it's interesting because we spent uh, a big part of the conversation so far on the backcourt, but then you go in the middle w- with Camilla and really same question that we had w- with her, with Priscilla, how, how's she looking so far adjusting to the college game? And, you know, she comes right in w- with high expectations, but I, I guess uh, that's, that's the way you, you want to have it with, with, with players on your team, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's her, it's her speed and quickness. You're going to see a kid that really gets up, up and down the floor and the way she runs the floor is, is, it's crazy. I mean, she, she runs the floor like a, like a, like a guard being six, seven, and she gets into every um, possession. She's a tremendous, the gifted player on the offensive end. She can step out and shoot it. Um, she can, she can score for all three levels on the offensive end and defensively. I mean, obviously you have a six, seven person in the back of your zone and in the back of your press that can block shots and they can change, change shots. You got a chance to be pretty good up front. Coach, we're talking about two players that, that come in, with high expectations as freshmen, but when you look into the future as well, that class of 2021's got four players in the top 100. There's a message that's getting out there about playing for Syracuse, and some of the best recruits in the country are hearing it. Well, what is that message that you're sending out that is all these talented players are flocking to Syracuse and wanting to play in this program? I think it's I think it's multiple, multiple, multitude of things. I, I think the first thing, I, honestly, on the on the on the academic side, let's just start there. Syracuse University. I mean, you, you're going to get a quality education, and, and I think that at some point, basketball becomes basketball at some point. But now, what do you have that is different from everyone else? We got Whitman. We got Newhouse. Right. We got. <laughs> we, I mean, we got everything that you need to have a quality education. Basketball wise, we're 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 top 25 program that has a chance to win a national championship every year. Um, we play a fun style of basketball. We play a style to where you can showcase your talents in in, in the open floor. We, we, we get our athletes in space and let them make plays. And defensively, uh, we uh, we we fly around and we trap the ball and we create opportunities on that end too. So I, I just think that just the way we play is is just 
a fun style of basketball and allows great players um, to be great. Coach, coming back to this team a little bit, we mentioned some of the names, but I wanted to give you an opportunity to kind of mention some of the others we haven't, like uh, players like Emily, who I think you expect big things from, and, and Digna, and and some names that I haven't mentioned. Let's go through the rest of the team and and the balance there, and and just what you expect from them in this upcoming season. Absolutely, uh, we look at Emily. Emily has come back in in the best shape of her life. I mean, she looks fantastic. Um, she's in she's she's in great shape, and and I mean, when you guys see her, if if she didn't have her jersey number one, you would you wouldn't know who she was. I'm telling you, she's, she looks fantastic and she's, and she's playing great and she's going to have a, a big year. Digna has just been solid. Digna has been Digna straight through. I mean, she's back shooting the ball. Well, she's in, she's in great shape and getting up and down the floor and moving. Um, Amaya, you know, who started for us at, at the five, just, just, just solid. I mean, Amaya's back. She, she's, she's doing well. I think the biggest thing about our team is that we're healthy <laughs> and if you have a healthy team, they're, they're, there's so many possibilities. Um, New Washington is is back in bet in the best shape that I've that, that I've seen her in, and and she's playing well and she's doing her thing. So so everything that we're doing in practice is really showing up, you know, positively on when we start scrimmaging and getting up and down the court. So I feel good about where we are. Coach, last year, uh, not what you would anticipate or expect, right? Not the season you would want, 16 or 15, 28% from three-point range. We know how how much you love to push the tempo and, and shoot mm-hmm. threes. It just feels like some of the things we've mentioned already are, are going to correct those problems. But from a coaching <laughs> perspective, how do you improve those numbers and get back to that pace and that style of play that, that you expect and you want to see out there? Talent. <laughs> it, really it helps is, a lot, right? It, it is. It, it's, it's, <laughs> Is 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 talent based? Not 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 that we weren't talented last year, but everyone played a different position. You move Kiki to the one, you move, you move Dignity to the three, and we just started just shifting players around. I mean, we had players playing all kinds of positions. So our juniors became freshmen again because they because they had to learn new positions. But honestly, because we were talented, we won sixteen games. <laughs> that that went the other way when you when you when you lose Tiana. And to be honest, I mean. When you think about that, 16-15 is not a good mark, but I think about 14 years ago, it would have been 16-15. We would have been having a parade down Salina Street. <laughs> <You know? laughs> there you go. Being, being, being like, man, they've arrived, right? But but it's good that 16-15 is, becomes like, you know, what's going on? Because that's what we want. We want the expectation of winning, to be a winning program, winning championships, and to and just play hard. And And we did that last year. We're just a little undermanned, but this year we're not, so we're ready to go. Coach, uh, you are dealing with something that everybody's dealing with in life, let alone in sports, and that's, of course, the coronavirus and, and, and practicing and, and coaching through that. Just this week, as, as we speak, Syracuse University is going to online-only classes, and you know, you're know you going to be in a unique situation where between Thanksgiving and about mid-January, campus is going to be empty anyway, just uh, select people on campus, including uh, winter sports teams. So that will certainly, I think, help the situation. But just how have you dealt with this as a team um, and, and navigated what has been something we're all uh, kind of get trying to get through in life, but maybe can be a little more difficult uh, on the sports end? But what's been your plan and, and how's it been going so far? Well, it's, it's, been, it's been going great. I mean, we've been good. And, and we, we've not had a, had a positive case on our team since we've been back. And we've been back since June 2026, 20, so I'm proud of that. 
Um, we this 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 staff and players. So we've we we've been great um, from a from a health and safety stand standpoint on our team. We just talked about social distancing, wearing a mask, washing your hands, just the thing that everyone else is is doing. But but we just try to stay diligent on that, and we coach through it in the same way we um we deal with it every day. You know when we can wear masks and in workouts and we do and um and we try to do that as much as possible we distance we do the things that we can do we're scrimmaging a little bit less now because of the contact tracing and things like that so we try to kind of keep some distance and those things so we're doing things things a little differently but but overall we're still approaching the same way we want to be ready to play on our first game and and our goal is to win the championship you know when you're at college it's it's an entire experience as you were saying sure. in in recruiting but I would imagine your players have had to make some sacrifices away from right. the court. And I, I found it in talking to some other athletes, coach, that the motivation is there because they want to play. You know, bottom line yeah. is they, they want to be healthy. They want to help their team out, as you mentioned, by not getting any positive cases. So I think that kind of takes care of itself. But at the same time, it's got to be kind of a weird situation for them to be on a college campus, but not be able to do everything you want to do. Uh, unfortunately yeah. right now how have you find that your players have, have navigated through that with basketball and being able to play their sport being the motivation for that man i i was i was talking to some of our friends some of our former um teammates in college and i said can you imagine that i had a coronavirus we were 18 and 19 years old like not not only would we not be playing <laughs> right <laughs> My goodness, right right so i, I mean you got to get hat off hat off to these kids, man. They are they're just fighting through this thing and they're and they're being so diligent in what they're doing. And I know they're tired. It, it's funny because you know now now you have a new you get a new term. It's called COVID fatigue. I'm like, yeah, I know that, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's real, right? So I, I mean, I, I just gotta give them all the credit, man. They they just they just find a way to get to the next day and and be positive and and do the things they need to do and stay healthy. I, I give our kids a lot of credit. Our administration has been great. Um, you know, you know, our chance, you know, Chancellor Silver has been, uh, he's been amazing. I mean, when you look at getting to this week and this being the week that we're going to online learning, this is only, we only have one more week left anyway. I mean, we made it the whole semester pretty much and for all intents and purposes. And um, I think a lot of it too is just being, is just, just out of a precaution because the campus still feels the same as we still feel safe. We have a lot of a lot of a lot of protocols and things in place. I mean, my offices and our offices have never been cleaner. You know, right? Yeah. <laughs> the, the only same. thing that, that I, <laughs> listen, the, the only thing that I tease them about, I said, man, we got a whole lot of sanitizer going on because that a squirt. It's like a it's like a fire hydrant when you put your hand up in these things. <laughs> so they, so they make sure we're sanitized, but they're doing a good job, man. The builders are clean. Uh, you, you know, you know, I don't know. Everything is good, man. I mean, we we just we just feel safe. We feel good. We know that they're take taking 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 care of us. And you know, John Wildhack and Herm Frazier and Maury. I can go down the list, man. They they're looking out for us, man. So we feel good. It, it's been incredible to see Tiana's comeback, Coach. You've been right there, front and center. You've discussed it a lot. She's been very public with this. She's inspired a lot of people, but. If it's good to be talking about basketball with Tiana and the impact she's going to have on this team and, and being in that backcourt with Kiki, as, as we mentioned, what, what's been this, what has this journey been like for you to, to see her, you know, from the moment she told you that she had been diagnosed with breast cancer to, to this moment 
on the brink of a season with high expectations and to have her back on the court. What, what Tiana has done for us and, and well, I can speak for myself and I can say how it feels with our team. She's made us not even notice that she's fighting the battle because she's, because she never came here with a, with a bad attitude. I haven't seen her have bad days. I, I mean, I've talked to her here and there where I know she's having a bad day over the phone a couple of times, you know, I may, you know, she may call me, we may have some, some intimate conversations about what she's going through on that day. But I can tell you, man, she has really handled this so gracefully and so courageously that we, we, we haven't felt it. And that's, and that's all about her. It's not about us at all. That is all about her. We have not felt it because she is not letting you feel sorry for her. And, and she's competing in practice. And every day when she's around, she wasn't a kid that was trying to hide. You know, when she lost her hair, she lost her hair, put on her, put on her dress clothes and came to the game. You know, so, so she never let you worry about it. She didn't, she didn't, she didn't make you feel, feel worried. I, I can tell that I'm getting on her a little bit more in practice. So I definitely forgot about it. So, <laughs> so, so we're good, man. It, it's, it's, it's good. I, I didn't realize she had, she had, she had been dealing with it for a year until I have a ball that she signed. I told her, we're going to, we're going to sign this at every milestone. She got, I got signed a ball today. I'm like, for what? Because you just don't, because she don't make you feel it, man. She's a, an amazing human being. Amazing. When before her diagnosis, she was actually, you know, considering going to the WNBA and mm -hmm. she certainly mm -hmm. has the talent to do it, as you know, mm -hmm. but she came back and she wants to make an impact here at Syracuse, but also in developing her individual game, like well, what kind of player could we see there, coach? What, what kind of season could she have given the skills that she's at and, and thinking about the future and, and trying to help you go as far as, as, as you possibly could here as a program? She she's gonna be fine because 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 Tiana under under understands how to play the game, and now we have a year to s sit and wait and look and be anxious and learn and you put that all together. I think she's gonna have a very very solid year. I think she'll be a lot more efficient. I think I think the game will slow down for, her. and if you have a, if you have a Tiana that's more efficient and the game is slower, then you got you you have a more dangerous Tiana. And that's, what, and that's what I see right now. She looks great. Coach, it's uh, it's exciting to be talking ball with you. I'm really looking forward to seeing what your team can do. It's going to be exciting to watch uh, a season of heavy expectations right from the start. You, you wouldn't have it any other way. Good luck this season. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate your time here on the Syracuse Sports Podcast. Always, man. I appreciate you. You guys take care. Thanks for listening to episode 78 of the Syracuse Sports Podcast. Don't forget you can subscribe at Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hit that subscribe button and we'll send you a new episode so you can listen whenever you want. My thanks to Coach Q for joining us. My thanks to you for listening as well. My name is Brent Axe. We'll talk to you next time.